0: VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen.
1: VoiceOver on.
0: Settings. So you can navigate it just by listening.
1: Books. Contacts. Calendar. Double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10
0: to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care.
3: This is a podcast from The Times, sports newspaper of the year.
2: Hello and welcome to The Game with me, Gabriel Marcotti. It's our final show of the season. Joining me are Alison Rudd, Rory K. Smith, and from beautiful Mortlake, it's Matt Dickinson. Before we begin, an announcement available this week at a small price or free to subscribers. The Times and Sunday Times football opus, which will include match reports from every game and every competition and some of the best of our comment and analysis. Uh, what a better way to remember this incredible season. And of course, the uh, uh, Sir Alex Ferguson's last season as well. I'm sure there'll be plenty of there on him, right Skinner? Yeah. Skinner's nodding. There you go. Head to thetimes.co.uk for more info. Later, we'll be picking out our team of the season. But we'll start with the Wenger Trophy, a.k.a. finishing top four. Newcastle and Arsenal, the Wenger Cup secured once again, Dicko. Um, I don't think there's too much to talk about uh, in, in in the game itself. But I want to start actually with something that for so long the narrative was, oh, Arsenal, they're a bit flighty, a bit of feet, a bit Euro. Um, Defensively, they've turned into kind of a powerhouse and while everybody kind of laughed at uh, Mertesacker because he's tall and he looks funny and, and Koscielny because he's not Vermalin, those two guys have a tremendous defensive record.
1: They have, and that's been no doubt been part of the the surge that's um, that's taken them to to, to fourth. Um, you know, it was it was a, a bold move dropping the mile, And I've always thought he was a better defender than than he uh, so often appeared playing for Arsenal. Um, maybe the maybe the evidence uh, of the last couple of months is. Um, uh, he is overrated, and uh, you know kashelni and, um, and are just simply more effective i 'm um, I'm, I'm reluctant to come to that conclusion because I think Bermailen, um there 's a player there, but there 's no doubt Benga made that big call uh, and it 's paid off. Um, he took the goalie out of the firing line and again i, do, I think chesney 's got great talent but um he needed uh, he needed taking out. Wenger made some made some some big bold calls, and um, say he he deserves credit for that, no
2: doubt about it. Uh, does it feel weird to you that after years of praising Arsenal for their wonderful attacking prowess and so on, right now defending is is arguably the strongest part of their game, despite the fact that they don't have that that uh, sort of uh, hard defensive midfielder that we've been talking about for so many years. It supposedly was the answer to all their problems. Um, and they don't have a Roger Johnson at the back, which supposedly was the answer to other problems. And, you know, you had an issue at right back all season uh, and at left back for half a season.
0: It doesn't feel weird at all. I mean, I mean, I, it's par for the course. No, I, Well, I, I, I don't know if I agree, really. I think, I think the most crucial element to to any team is getting your triangle at the back right and when they haven't got the goalkeeper right that puts enormous pressure on your central defensive partnership I agree with Matt, Marlin is a beautiful and elegant defender but he couldn't find, Wenger couldn't find anyone to partner him so for some strange reason reason, two defenders who are independently okay together are fantastic and they have uh, for the second half of the season they have been the Defensive partnership of the season, um, so that that's crucial. I don't, I don't, I don't feel, I don't think that's odd. He found that. That's great. I think they play. They always play two in front of them. Arteta isn't uh, your big tough hard man, but he's been there most of the season, and I think he does the job really well. His distribution is is good. His defensive work is good. He doesn't have any. He doesn't. You know, he doesn't pull up trees, but he's he's not he's not flaky either. Um, so I think. I think what he's done is he's had to sort of compensate for having a slight goalkeeping crisis and he's made it work that way. And it feels quite fluid and the ball gets forward a lot and the the creative players, those three, whoever chooses behind the striker, they work. It works. I think it's quite fluid and doesn't need too much
2: tweaking. They've had to overcome, uh, I think, a huge amount compared to recent seasons, no?
1: Well, they did, but I mean say half of those at least half of those things you listed are probably are probably self inflicted on them and half of the contractual... Yeah, but you
2: still but but, but they still had to overcome yeah, that's that like, part of but
1: it's part of good management, isn't it? I mean the 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 Walcott thing, you know, this form recently showed, I mean that was just nonsensical that they ended up basically having to, to pay extra to re sign their own player. Um you know, I still think and I still think they've got issues. I mean that you know, that they, they still have to overc they may have overcome them by coming forth, but that's you know, that we shouldn't be sort of you know, there shouldn't be a time for fireworks and champagne. I mean the fact is to you know, up front I still think they've got issues. Giroud's you know, I don't think um I'm sure hasn't um, convinced any of us of the certainly not a goal scoring number nine, Padol uh hit and miss um you know i think they've they're, they're still at least one top class striker away from from moving up from fourth um i still think obviously until Wilshire can just play through a season without everyone in you know, a jitters about whether he's going to break down every 5 minutes you know there's 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 an issue there at the heart of miss Field. um so you know i think you know they they have overcome a number of issues many of them self-inflicted but they're, they're, they haven't but Yeah, these are problems that still need solving this is a, this is a huge summer for Arsenal um, there's all this talk obviously about the 70 million quid and it's, it's going to have to be spent very well if, if, if Arsenal are going to make significant uh, inroads into the, the top two and three
3: technically that is a 70 million pound war chest that's the correct war, yeah. collective Sorry. noun for, for a group of millions of pounds in the same way it's a gaddle of geese it's a it's a seventy million pound war chest. You have to refer to it contractually as a war chest,
2: and it will be a transverse splurge.
3: Oh, it will be, yeah, or spree potentially a spree, depending on how quickly they do it.
2: Uh, Alison, please rescue me from from the the, sick, the, this, <laughs> this, the cynicism of these a uh, wizened uh, old hacks here. But uh, I mean, Dico touched upon it. They obviously need to sign people. Identified as uh, another striker um, as somebody who needs to come in. Where else would you be looking at?
0: I, I strike a goalkeeper, definitely, and spend big and exciting, and go for it. I think that that's the, That is. That's the big thing with Arsenal, and and it's the thing with Arsenal fans. And you made a nice list there, Gab, of all the things that they've had to overcome at Arsenal. One of the biggest has been the apathy and antipathy of the fans, who, who generally, have, for, for the first half of the season, were leaving around the 60th minute. They started to leave. They booed the first time a pass went astray. They have not been on board. There was the whole, you know we 've had enough of Wenger, thank you very much. What a great statesman of the game, but we've had enough. We need you know we need someone new that's that 's the big thing they have to overcome is is becoming a unit again where the fans think yeah Wenger's the right guy we 've got him and it's where where does it balance out? Does Wenger think I know the fans want me to to sign a headline act that 's not me, but i 'm going to do it anyway, or does he try and convince the fans that he's if he even if he has seventy million quid He's going to spend it the way he wants, which I think instinctively would not be to go for a headline signing. But
3: you, didn't, you don't have to go and get Edinson Cavani for 50, or Falcao for 50 million quid. You can go and get Stavon Jovatic for, what, 25, 30. And that is a... He's, he's a young player, so he fits the, the profile. His wages wouldn't be enormous, so that, that keeps within Arsenal's structure. But he is of that level of quality that Arsenal just don't have. And I think what Wenger... Most of Arsenal's players are OK. Like, you, you look through that side and you can't you can't sort of say he's a bad player there's no bad there's no obvious like really weak link at arsenal there's places they need to improve but it's vendors refusal to accept that the players that he has are essentially kind of just good fine footballers whereas if you looked at chelsea city and united they've they've got two or three at least top quality players and arsenal so as you say what cazola wilshire if he's fit Maybe, but they're not on the same level. You know, Santi Cazorla. It sounds like a stupid parallel. Santi Cazorla not David Silva. He's David Silva. He's like he's like the second choice David Silva. Arsenal need two or three players of. You think Casola's that far behind Silva? Cazorla's had a Marker. better season. Than yeah, Silva's been poor this season. I think Silva is a. I mean, I'm going to go with Vicente Del Bosque as my as my guide and say that David Silva's a better footballer than Santi Cazorla. Okay. I agree
1: with I agree with Rory on that as well because there's there's a sort of talismanic you know, sort of quality of, about the players. He sort of needs to bring in partly just to change the the, the mood. I mean, you know, Veng, Arsene Wenger said yes, there's something about oh, the spirit among these players is the best I've ever known. Well, you know, but is is, is it really a uh, a sort of winners mentality? Is it really a you know that we've talked I'm sure often on this about. Yeah, this idea that if you know if you sort of spread the word that fourth is fine, then you know sooner or later you're going to slip below oh fourth. And I think I think there's something about those signings this summer that clearly they need to they need to be talent. They need to improve the team. And, and Rory's right, they need to um, sort of improve the sort of seven out of ten type feel about 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 that squad. But also I think that say that you know there's a, there's a sort of belief um, and an ambition that needs to change this summer as well
3: I think the, the issue is kind of that vendor's too loyal essentially that what's happened is they've finished the season really strongly they, beat, they win in Munich that's the game he's identified as the, as the turning point and he, he now has the narrative in place to say, well, you know, if you look at the, the way we ended the season, we were really strong. We've taken more points this year than anybody else. It, it, it's his stat. I'm not desperately certain if it's true, but he, it's certainly them or United have taken the most points this, this calendar year. You know, we're, struck, we're, we're building something here. And because he wants to believe in those players, the risk is that he'll go and do what he did last summer, which is kind of augment his side rather than deliberately strengthen it. So... I think there's a. My, my, I said to you before, Gab, on on here. I think that it would be better for Arthur, in some ways, to finish fifth and force Vendor out of that kind of that Are circle. You, but the risk is now that he's got his seventy million pound war chest, and he he will use it to buy, yeah, as Matt quite rightly identifies, more seven out of ten players because he wants to see the best in them. He he will in in August or September, I guarantee, be saying that having Abu Di, Abu Diyabi back is like a new signing, and it is for five games.
2: <laughs> um, I. Very simple. I, nobody seems to want Finger out anymore. But just to wrap up the Arsenal part, I'm just going to go around and uh, starting with Allison, of course, and uh, and asking if you were Cronky or Uzmanov and in charge, which I know is a stretch, um, would you say you know what? This is a good time to change and look for a younger, a different manager.
0: I think Wenger's argued himself into the job again,
2: to be honest. So and I, and I,
0: I kind of disagree. He's persuaded with, you. Yeah, I kind of disagree with Rory. I think having improved so radically and been the best team since the turn of the year.
2: Without Van Persie, let's not remember. Supposedly a one-man team last year. Now he's gone and they actually get more points than last season.
0: That, I think, I, why Why shouldn't that matter? I think it matters a lot. Right, so you're keeping Wenger. You're yeah. keeping
2: Wenger. Dicko?
1: Well, I'm, I'm I'm keeping him partly because I'm just fascinated to see if he will, you know, if if if, if he can. Switch that mentality and that ambition, and and if you can have a, a a brilliant summer in in the transfer market, because it feels like a long time since he has. You know, I'm 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 keeping him out of sort of fascination, not out of an expectation that you know he's suddenly going to sort of be the miracle worker of of old. Um, yeah, I hope he is, because you know who doesn't have a lot of time and admiration for him.
2: Are you keeping him or would you mean because you are are you more fascinated by seeing whether Wenger can be the miracle worker of old or more fascinated to see what Thomas Tuchel or Sammy Hippia or Frank De Boer could do with Arsenal
3: I think all well not Hippia, and not Tuchel I think someone like Frank would be a great appointment but I think that appointment comes in 2014 I would keep
2: Wenger this summer but I think it has to be his last season all right you I think if you keep Wenger this summer, you with an eye towards changing though. A year from now, you got to be straight up and not let him lock people into more long-term contracts, which he's already done. Because you know you're going to want as much room to to maneuver as possible next season. Right, we 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 have to get to White Hart Lane, um, where Spurs play Sunderland, and uh, um, Roy, you were there, as was Dicko. As was Dicko. I going to talk a little something. Actually, let's just talk about the game for a second because. I watched this and I thought like, wow, Spurs could have been like 5 no I mean, it was so one way. Um, Sunderland, of course, have everybody uh, injured or uh, suspended because they all got themselves sent off in previous games. I, I'm wondering, is this the kind of game, dicko where when a team is so dominant, creates so many chances but fails to convert? Is it one where you praise them for creating the chances or lambast them for not converting?
1: Uh, but, but I mean, they didn't miss any any sort of um, you know open goals, or there were no there were no horrors. I mean, they should have as uh, they should have had that penalty after twenty minutes, and um, you know you sense it was one of those days where if they got the first, they would probably.
2: Oh, I, I'm sorry, I have to jump in here a second because you're talking about the incident where Gareth Bale was booked for diving, right?
1: Now, I am, and it was so it our was, diving you, expert
2: here is shaking his head. You don't think you think that was a dive? I don't think it was a dive, and I don't think it was a penalty
1: what
3: this I mean did I told you this I was sat next to you and told you
1: that <laughs> I wasn't
3: Ditto spent most I, of the day yesterday trying to work out how to keep his laptop screen, screen up to the hinges John the hinges. my hinges have gone oh,
1: that's, that's then not, that's not a, that's not a metaphor either the problem with um, that,
3: the problem with that decision was that Mariner was too far away to give either one it definitely wasn't a dive the initial contact was outside the area and to be honest i'm I'm It probably was a penalty, but the way it's been dressed up as the world's most obvious penalty ever, I think, is a complete overreaction.
1: It is, but then, yeah, I mean, it's it's, ultimately Mariner, as Roy says to him, he was so far away that you know if he didn't see the penalty well fair enough you know he's 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 not done very well he's not got close enough and he can't see what he can't see but to to somehow not see a penalty but from 40 yards to detect from behind that this is obviously a dive I mean it's utterly bizarre I mean I I do not like um, slagging off referees um, but there are times when it's just unfathomable unfathomable what uh, sort of decision they they make and and that one i have to say scored pretty high on the um ludicrous scale I'm afraid the
3: better one was Carlos Tuellar's superb diving save that somehow wasn't given as a well, penalty he turned
2: his head the other way as he was doing yeah it. but he
3: still got the advantage I mean, I, I don't think he did it on purpose but he hand, his hand
2: got in the way of the ball law like a of key. the game number 7A back me up on this Alison if you turn your head the other way you can grab the ball you can do whatever you want you can <laughs> grab the ball and pull it out of, of mid air if you want um, I, I have to ask this Alison I need you to help me here because alright as a Euro snob, the general narrative and the watching the watching Spurs play, especially in person, I come to the conclusion that Andre Villas-Bolas has done a really good team. The team's, or the teams organized, they play well, uh, is tactically sound. I think they are better than they were last year under Harry Redknapp. However, you juxtapose that with their position in the table and you juxtapose that that with the fact that they're even more of a one-man team this year than they were last year. They're more reliant on Bale than they were last year. And I kind of start to question my own logic here. Am I wrong?
0: Well, what, what tends to happen is the lower down the league a team finishes, the more a one-man team you become in a negative sense. So Man United win the league. Van Pers- they are a one-man team as far as Van Persie's concerned, but that's seen as a good thing. And didn't they buy well? and aren't they fantastic for having him whereas instead of Spurs being praised for keeping hold of Gareth Bale and for Gareth Bale improving and I think he's improved, I don't know, 126% over last season that's a good thing, that is a good thing
2: So So, 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 so I I I don't
0: think there's a dilemma or I don't think you're undermining your own argument by pointing out that they are reliant on one of the players world players of the year
3: I found it really odd yesterday on Twitter that when the final whistle blew at uh, Newcastle, you had loads of Arsenal fans saying, oh, happy St. Totteringham's Day and all that, you know, all the stuff celebrating, and they'll no doubt get out the hilarious Mind the Gap T-shirt. And like that.
2: <laughs> That's funny. Mind the Gap.
3: St. Totteringham's Day <laughs> is a, is a funny concept and an interesting point when you finish above your rivals mathematically in, like, March. When you beat them to fourth place by a point, on the final day, I would suggest that you should be slightly more concerned with making sure you stay ahead of them than mocking them for, for not quite beating you.
2: Um, well, Do Spurs have... I mean, man for man, are Spurs better than Arsenal? First 11, yeah, definitely, no question. Anybody want to dispute that?
0: Yeah, We'd, no, I'd, r- I'd rather... I'd r- if, if, I, if I was parachuted in to be a manager, I'd rather take the Spurs squad, yeah.
2: All right, so I, I just have to take Alison's word before that It isn't inconsistent of us to praise AVB, even though all the facts that we're pulling out suggest that...
3: It's inconsistent of, Al- of Alisson, as she said, the squad. It's not inconsistent of me. The first team is better, but I think <laughs> Arsenal have more depth. I think that's what's made the difference, is that Spurs are reliant on a core of 13, 14 players.
0: No, Spurs have the strongest strongest yeah. bench in the Premier League.
2: If you If you think about it, actually... So you're cocking your head. I mean, I'm missing Remember, if Kabul and Sandro had been fit yeah, all Kabul season, Sam, yeah, Then you know some of those guys who started would have been moved to the bench, and the bench would have looked more impressive. Um, Roy, you might want to just walk us through this. Uh, you wrote uh, a wonderful 2,000 word piece, which um, uh, only a bit of it able was able to get in the paper, but. Um, what happened? What,
0: what an insight into the way it works on the game.
3: It's, it's Dicko and his demands for massive
2: match reports. <laughs> All right, but let's cut to the chicken. I'm sure what you're about to tell us is more interesting than uh, your musings on Dicko so, and his demands for massive match reports.
3: The way that things generally work yesterday was a, was a Spurs story. That the, every paper in the country was lined up to do a you know, it was the Spurs-Arsenal thing that was the one remaining issue. The journalists, Andrew V, I suppose, came into the press conference first. We spoke to AVB for about 10 minutes, which is normal post-match. And we kind of decided to hang around for Paolo because we thought it was polite, we didn't really care about Sunderland, It wasn't my plan certainly wasn't to write a word about Sunderland in the paper because they weren't the story. That's nothing against Sunderland. Paolo Di Canio has an ability to make Sunderland the story, which I, if I worked in the North East, would find gen- greatly encouraging and hugely entertaining. He absolutely slaughtered a, a large percentage of his squad he called them ignorant and arrogant said their attitude was worse than a lead two teams uh, revealed that he's fined seven players in seven days for missing training, arriving late for meetings uh, Craig Gardner for getting sent off which I think is probably fair enough um, he's going to find Phil Bardsley he he said that Bardsley's, the pictures of Bardsley and the covered in £50 notes disgusted him um, said that he, none of them will play for the club again if he can do anything about it uh, and generally kind of Raged against modern football. Modern footballers said that they w- they weren't taking their responsibilities seriously. You also
2: mentioned another player, I think, who, who phoned it, who phoned the club saying, "I'm not coming in because I have food poisoning." Yeah, someone sort of, then yeah. he switched his telephone off so the club doctor th- couldn't th- ring him.
3: That's happened. There were two examples of that. I, we, we don't know who the players were. One player who was you know? meant to train on Sunday, um, who who decided he had food poisoning, then didn't let the doctor contact him, and another who who just decided last week, I think, that he wasn't training and turned his phone not 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 training. He was he was meant to had to do kind of injury re- rehabilitation. Work in the afternoon. He just left at lunchtime, and apparently, according to, to Di Canio under O'Neill, that was normal. He says he got the support of Ellis Short. That Ellis Short's on his side as he tries to tries to change the culture at the club. But it was a fascinating insight into into the way that a club works.
2: now I, Dick, I, I, I want to.
1: Oh, I, oh, I, I would say to that, or oh, oh, a fascinating insight into the way that Paolo Di Canio sees a, sees a club at work. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I don't. I'm struggling to believe that. I mean, there, there was. Plenty um, that wasn't right. Um, certainly, performances under O'Neill, but I'm I, I'm, I'm struggling to imagine him um, permitting a culture which was quite so quite um, uh, well, quite so unprofessional, quite so quite so wrong, to be honest. But um, in, but yeah, it's interesting.
2: I mean, in in the defence of the players and against the evil De Canio, and I am being impartial here. Um, a lot of this stuff happened after Tuesday. And as I understand the story, Tuesday night, they watched the Wigan game on television. They saw Wigan lose. They're like, hurrah, we're staying up. So let's go drink ourselves silly and go to the casino in Newcastle and watch Phil Bardsley fall over and cover him with 50-pound notes and take his picture. I mean, isn't that? Well,
1: Well, that's, well, it's, it's, that's an issue because he said specifically um, at, at this press conference that he had told them um, that you know he will be watching them even more this week. He said, "Look, I know we say so, it, you know, temptation it will be to to, to go out and, and, and get drunk." He said, "But that actually means that I'll be you know monitoring you even more carefully because you know this is when we need to be professional for ourselves and and for the good of the league going to the last game." So you you can look at it in sorts of ways. You can say, "Well, what does it say about Di Canio's authority at the club, or what the players think of of Di Canio um, that having specifically been warned, they went out." And um, so obviously, a number of them did precisely the opposite. You know,
2: so you know, ah, maybe that's the issue. Maybe Di Canio's too soft. He needs to be more authoritarian, <laughs> more repression.
1: It, no, it just raises interesting questions because ultimately, you know, it's. I, I think we all sat there yesterday, and, and the general feeling was, well, if players are behaving like that, you know, isn't it great when a manager cracks the whip? Isn't it great when a manager puts these overpaid, um, you know, Premier League. Bad boys in their place. That's that's our sort of default reaction. But actually, it's not as simple as that. Because A, you've got them on contracts and they're not necessarily easy to ship. B, when you start slagging off players in public, then um, you never know what kind of sort of kickback you get from resentment, and they all sit around and slag you off. So uh, you know. To be fair, he
2: only it, specifically named one player whose name was already out. There, it is, right?
1: but you know, it's bit, but you know, clearly, you know, this is this is a theme of his at the moment. It's not the first press conference where he's come out and basically said I'm running, I'm running a you know, a brothel stroke, pub stroke, you know gambling den basically and 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 so all I'm saying is that it's not a, a policy without its risks for Paolo Di Canio, much as everyone says, the general reaction will be to slap him on the back and say, yeah, you, you put these guys in their place it's not often as simple as that.
0: Oh, but can I just, just say, it's all far too emotive and he does contradict himself constantly, Di Canio, I mean he says he has the backing of short but then he, within a a minute later he's saying I'll probably be sacked for what I'm
2: saying. I mean I think you'll find that was just an expression. No, but no, but I think it's crazy. Alison's right because basically,
1: I mean, we all walked out yesterday, and I mean, there is, um, I mean, half, half, half of us turned to you know, each other and said, basically, sort of, it'll be gone by Christmas. That's that's another <laughs> that's another interpretation of his handling um, of this, his you know, of Paolo Di Cani himself. I mean, if he if if he survives long term in that job, um, I'll be um, I'll be pleasantly surprised.
2: All right, now time now for our team of the season. This is how it's going to work because it's more fun if we're all disciplined and organized, yeah? Um, okay, Matt will decide the formation, and then each of you, will, we will go through via position.
0: The helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to
2: iPhone. We may do the central defenders together because it's kind of stupid to go and uh, differentiate between two. And then um, where we're unanimous, we will move on. Where there is dissent, uh, you will have a very brief period of time to make your case. And then we shall collectively adjudicate. Where there is still uncertainty, I shall decide. Matt, what formation are we playing? Oh, it's 4-3-3. 4-3-3, there you go. All right. Goalkeeper, we're going to start with Allison.
0: Oh, um, uh I think that's quite straightforward. He's... So you don't
2: need to explain it because everybody might agree with you, in uh, which case we can just move on. Hugh Dolores. Oh, I knew you'd go foreign. Dicko
1: it's quite a few you could I mean De Gea won the, the PFA one didn't he which um, and uh, to be honest I, I think he's um, come on the second half of the season in particular deserves um, a mention I mean Liner could even win the West Ham player of the season I suspect um, and I should think um, at Sunderland they're probably going to vote um, the keeper and so I don't think it's as simple as to go uh, to go with Czech, is it? I think we could have a, we could have at least a half hour debate
2: on this one. Who are you going Let's for? Let's not have then? a half hour debate. Give us your choice.
1: Um. Well, if you're given asking me to choose between Czech and
2: no, no I'm not asking check. you to choose between. I'm asking you to give us your choice. Minule. Minule Simon Minule.
1: Yep.
2: Um. Alisson, has he persuaded you, or do you want to make a 15-second a case for check?
0: It's the way he knew straight away. He didn't have to pause. That's what's convinced me about Mignolet. Obviously, it's Petr Cech. I mean, Petr Cech is, he's, I think he dipped slightly last season. I think he's come back really strong this season and uh, consistently one of the best goalkeepers in the world, really unflappable. He made the save of the season uh, at Stamford Bridge against uh, Man United in the Cup, and uh, he's... Dignified Sensible
2: Heartbeat of the team No it
0: does matter It does matter It does matter He organises them at the back He's consistently making very good saves Rarely makes an error and Chelsea have done well with him in goal all season.
2: This is what I was talking about, by the way. And he's so valued by the club that uh, they're thinking of getting rid of him and replacing him with some 22-year-old from Atletico Madrid, who also happens to be Belgian, by the way, which is kind of weird because Belgium, of course, is a country of Tintin. Um, Rory, has she persuaded you with a Czech argument? Are you really going to push Lloris? Because remember, all season long we've been saying Spurs are a one-man team and it's not Hugo who's the one man.
3: Hugo Lloris has slotted in perfectly to Premier League football. He has I think he's made one one substantial mistake. wasn't there
2: some like forty year old geezer American guy keeping him out of the Brad, side uh, earlier in uh, the season? Brad
3: Friedel. Was, yeah, but the way V. I boas managed that was very impressive. He sort of rotated them for a bit, eased Larice in. I think Larice is the very modern image of a very modern goalkeeper in the way that he plays on his eighteen yard line. Cech and David De Gea have both had good seasons. I'm not denying that at all. But for me, I would I would go with Larice.
2: All right. The choice falls to Peter Check because Allison's argument was more persuasive, but largely because without Peter Check, I don't think Chelsea finish uh, in the Champions League without Hugo uh, Lloris. Then the wonderful Brad Friedel steps in and it's no big deal. Also, the save of the season uh, point where I think was a very, very good one. And I think we're being a bit unfair when we judge Cech by what he used to be. Uh, but it is very close, admittedly. Right back. Rory. Pablo Zabaleta. Dicko. Uh, Zabaletta Alison Zabaletta alright see nice and easy can, I, like- can
3: I just, just uh, a Zabaletta but my, my second choice as I said to Dicko at Spurs yesterday Sasha Rita at Fulham
0: my second choice as well oh my god we're
2: agreeing on first choices and second choices okay, nobody cares about Fulham so let's move on my, my, my second
1: choice is Gary Neville <laughs> there
2: you go there you go um, alright left back Dicko.
1: Uh, we're going to
2: all say Leighton Baines aren't we Yeah. are you we're I AK? am
3: but I could be persuaded to have to play Jan Vertonghen there out of position no, but he might be no, he, he, might, no, he doesn't no. want to play there No, no but he though let's be one not of, do that to him he and might be one funny. of my central defenders
2: yeah. ok so Baines 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 central defenders we will need two central defenders from you you cannot say Thiago because he does not play in the Premier League um, Alison
0: I'm going for Vertonghen and Distan
2: Ooh. Nastasic and David Louise. Mr. Nasty and DL. All right, Dicko.
1: I am going for Vatongan and um, uh, Rafael Varan. No, I'm not allowed in, um, mama. I'm going Vatongan and I'm going Nastasic.
2: Well, there you go. Two out of three wins it for Tongan and Mr. Nasty. Nicely done. Nicely done. Who was that pundit on Match of the Day who said that City didn't sign anybody significant this year? It could have been either of them. <laughs> I'll tell you who it was. It was our cheer. Um, OK. So we have a midfield trio. So I think the best way to do this is if uh, – you guys give me all three of your midfielders in one go. And then we will sort through the carnage since uh, Skinner is diligently writing everything down. Rory Kay.
3: Michael Carrick. Moussa Dembele. And then I think it's probably Kazola, but I'd be, I could be persuaded to make it
2: James McCarthy. Wow. That's kind of bizarre because you mentioned my three. Um, which is obviously cheating. Dicko.
1: uh I'm going to go... I need a tackle I'm going to go Luis in hot, oh, You can't in, do in the... that
2: You can't do that He's already been a defender He's played most of his games In central defence And he looks funny What
1: do you mean and... I can't do... Well in that case I'm going back to uh, I need to go back to My centre Nastasic is out And Luis is I, I need him in my team I need him in my team he's, he's, <laughs> I need
3: his hair I need his hair Luis <laughs> <laughs> Louis has played some games In central midfield right, Okay can... you can have David
2: Luis in central midfield uh,
1: He's holding up the middle While I have I um, have uh, Mata and
2: um uh, Cazola float
0: beautifully off the side. Alison? I I agree David Luiz has to be in the team of the year. So let's put him uh, yeah, let's put him in midfield and Matter has to be in the team of the year and Bale has to be in the team of the year. So I think we have obvious. Bale with the strikers. Really? But we're not we're, we're, how can you have Bale as a
2: striker? It's a 4-3-3 four, three, three four three, formation.
0: Three. Oh, oh okay all right, well, I want Sean Maloney in then.
2: Come on,
0: seriously. Seri- seriously. Seriously, because how do you form your team of the season? What little, players, what players, who what on a relegated player, team. Come on. What player consistently makes you think, oh, my goodness, every time he plays? And he did that.
2: He's like the third best midfielder on a team that's relegated.
0: No, 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 no! he's not. He's a, He's, a, he's a everything. He's wide, he's up front, he's behind, he's everywhere.
2: I agree that Maloney's
3: been excellent this season, and I think it depends how you see the team of the year. Because if it's the 11 best players in the Premier League, then it's different
2: to the players who have performed best for right. their level of ability. I think people I find it are insane for not having Michael Carrick in there. Without Carrick. Michael Carrick, United yeah. do not win the Premier League full what? stop.
1: No, oh, what, 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 what? You can't, no way. He's, did you see? I mean, he's he's had a he's had a decent season, but I mean, I'm I'm, I'm still not buying this gushing over carrot.
2: I'm not. I'm not saying I'm not gushing over anything, but I'm saying, like in terms of importance to the team. I mean, I, you take Michael Carrick out, I think you've got a huge problem at United. Certainly more so than as great as Mata was. If Mata's not there for Chelsea, hey, that's all right. We still got Oscar, Hazard, Moses, you know, whatever the hell, Bertrand, Ramirez on the wing. And yeah, if
1: you say, what, where's, where's United's biggest area that they need to strengthen? Central midfield.
2: Yeah, because they need somebody who's to play the, with them. No,
1: nah, who's the player? Who's, who's, no, I'm not, I'm not buying it. He's had, he's, he's had, a, he's had a decent season, but um, he's not in my
3: team of the year.
2: Well, no. All right. And we'll file this under protest then and give a brownie point to Rory Casey. So how are,
3: we, how are we settling it then? What's We've the, settled it with David
2: Luiz, Casorla, and Mata because you foolishly selected Casorla instead, uh, instead, instead of McCarthy. Instead of McCarthy. So that forces Casorla into the team. See? Disappointed now. Were your three... My three were, well... Dembele, Carrick and McCarthy. It was Carrick and Dembele, yeah. And McCarthy, I you know, didn't really have a third. It was sort of marginal. I have a problem with the fact we're going to relegate it ultimately, so... All right, our three strikers, and this should be easy and straightforward. I would hope Dicko.
1: Uh, that guy, Gareth Bale, I think should probably be in there. I guess that guy, Robin Van Persie, should be in there. And I'm guessing the biting Luis Suarez should be nibbling um, somewhere in there as well.
2: No love for Benteke, eh?
1: No, he's my he's he's my unlucky one. He's 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 and Michu as well. I mean, you know, there's, we're leaving out Lukaku. some
2: Absolutely. and
1: Hazard, Hazard as well. I mean, there's some there's some good players on the bench, I, but I, I think um, much as Suarez and Suarez as Suarez, he's got to be
2: in the team. Alison, uh, you want to dispute
0: that? No, I agree with everything he said, and I, I just want to say I just want to say Michu, 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 because it's a shame he doesn't make the team of the season.
3: But then Michu did kind of switch off after February, so I think right. that kind of.
0: Well, Swansea did a bit. So. Yeah,
3: no, absolutely. It's but not and, his fault. And Benteke kind of didn't switch on until a bit later on. So, I think, oh, yeah. Lukaku's. And Lukaku's been, been excellent. Um,
0: he's uh, super sub of the season. Hazard.
3: Hazard, actually, it's funny with, with Eden Hazard, because he's kind of... Um, He's, he kind of plays in flashes. He's been very, he's been amazing in certain moments in certain games, but there, there are other games when he looks like he's not that bothered. Um, so I think, yeah, it has to be Bale, Suarez, and Van Persie, doesn't it?
2: I, I agree with that. We should also though give a shout out uh, on our honourable mentions to uh, one Mr. Lambert, um, who uh, you know I really didn't think he would score yeah. so much in the top flight.
3: Oh, and it, it's funny if in, since we're talking Southampton in midfield, Schneiderlin really like Schneiderlin. Think he's actually yep.
2: All right, and this is the official game podcast team of the season. In goal from Chelsea, Petr Cech at your right back. It's Pablo Zapaleta at your left back. It's Leighton Baines, the pride of Merseyside, at least this season. In central defense, it's Jan Vertonghen and Matija Nastasic in central midfield. David Luiz, Santi Cazorla, and Juan Mata up front. Robin Van Persie, Gareth Bale. And Luis Suarez. So not a single Englishman in this team. Well done. Who are we having as manager? I'm, I'm assuming. I'm, I'm assuming. I'm going by the Tony Evans dictum. You know, we're not English. We're scouts. So that applies to Leighton Baines as manager. Oh, should we do manager too? Why not, Rory? Your nomination. I'm sure it's going to be somebody weird and not Sir Alex Well, no. Ferguson. I mean,
3: obviously, it kind of has to be Ferdy. But then that's not really interesting. So I think I might say Michael Laudrup.
1: Dicko. Uh, we're playing four-three-three. We're going all Croissan. So Laud- Laudrup and uh, loudrup has got got the nicest, um, you know, the nicest uh, suits and hair and just general vibe, hasn't he? So, and I know Alison's positively in love with him. Um, <laughs> leave, leave, her, leave her husband and children and cats and dogs to move in with him tomorrow. So I think that's going to be three votes.
0: And that's not below the belt. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah. No. Michael Laudrup. why do you fire Michael back
2: Lydrup. and say that Absolutely. Dicko's going to leave his wife and kids to go and become I would leave, Michael you know, Laudrup's domestic partner?
1: I would. I would definitely leave. Uh, leave to. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, he's a uh, who. You, there's got to be man love there, isn't he? He's
3: I mean, dreamy. He's, he is dreamy, Michael Laudrup. Yeah. No question.
0: The general rumor is that Laudrup does very little as well. He just sort of turns up and smiles, and they all Looks play cool. better. Which is you, you've got to be manager of the season if that's all you have to do.
2: I think you guys are all insane for not choosing Sir Alex Ferguson. But, hey, um, I guess it's your call. So our manager of the season is Michael Laudrup. He who took a team, his team to mid-table, roughly, I think, the same position as Brendan Rodgers the year before. But, hey, he won the League Cup, which is so important. Um, how did he do against Fulham on the last day of the season?
3: They, they were be- beaten three goals to Alston mm-hmm. Okay, yeah.
2: all right. But, hey, he's very handsome, so let's go for him. Time now for some quick hits. Chelsea finished third and win the Europa League. Rafa Benitez is vindicated, as is, of course, the wise man who chose to appoint him, Roman Abramovich. But, Alison, I saw a rather softer, more diplomatic, gentler, less paranoid Rafa this season. Am I right? And might that have had something to do with his success?
0: Um, you, it, it's strange. He, he actually has changed. He really has changed. He, when he was in Liverpool, which is when we saw him most previously to his... Chelsea job, he he was uh he he didn't like the eye contact thing. He was very serious and uh, on top of it all, and and he was regarded a bit of a god, and that's how he acted. Whereas at Chelsea, he's had, he's like it's as though someone who was like the the most popular guy at school is, is suddenly not voted head boy, and he has to cope with that. And he's done it. He's done it with by finding humor and humility and uh. He's, he's just gracious and lovely now. He's, it's almost like I, I sometimes wonder, is it him? Is it really the same bloke?
2: Or maybe just somebody wearing a Rafa suit. Maybe. Who knows? So Alex Ferguson signs off with a 5-5 draw at West Bromwich Albion. Dicko, we haven't had you on since the news hit that the great man is leaving us. Uh, do you want to share your favorite memory of the now former Manchester United boss or perhaps some other little snippet which might be entertaining for the next 25 seconds or so?
1: Uh, Memory I've most relived um, boring my mates is when he pinned me up against a wall and... Grim and um, Glaswegian um, nastiness in my face. Um, the favourite memory: I did have a very, very nice lunch. Me and one other journalists spent about two hours with him. He was the most compelling, brilliant, fantastic, enthralling company. And, and the great sadness is that uh, he didn't um, think that was important enough to repeat most weeks.
2: Um, compelling. It's so annoying they didn't have lunch with you most weeks.
1: Well, I just, it's, you know, the, the great shame, while, while one of the reasons journalists got so bitter and twisted about the fact that he wouldn't do press conferences is because he's so damn good at it. I mean, he's, um, you know, um, you know we, we, we wanted that access because he's such a, a a large, fascinating, massive personality.
2: Well, can you just tell us very quickly, what did you do to Gavin pin you against the wall? What did you, did you write lies uh, I- about him?
1: No, it was uh, snuck down to the training ground, the days when we could actually crawl. you Basically, I mean, this is how sort of demeaning the job was. We'd sort of cr- crawl in, <laughs> hiding behind cars, even ha- hang around among the autograph hunters, pretending that we were autograph hunters, and then wait for a player to sort of sidle down the line and sign in them and go, Steve, Steve Bruce, Steve Bruce. Um, and they'd sort of try and protect, interview them while they were signing autographs. Um, anyway, I, I was down there one day, and Andrej Konczelskis told me and another um, journalist that um, he fancied a transfer Uh, he said I want out I'm leaving Um, ring my agent who then confirmed it so oddly enough we thought that was um a story worth putting in the paper
2: wow so this so this was this was young dicko this was some time ago
1: oh this is when i had hair this is, dicko about, was,
2: uh, is this is when you had your long flowing locks brilliant it is
1: i, I, I had my Tony had this spandau ballet <laughs> flick. um but anyway um a perfectly true story sourced by a player and his agent um but it obviously didn't quite suit uh, you know furious Andre kanselskis last night um put in a transfer request, etc didn't suit the Fergie agenda, so um we were banned. There you banned, go. banned banned for the truth. Outrageous.
2: Speaking of West Brom, who we touched upon earlier, uh, they finished eighth, best of the rest in the Premier League, despite a new manager in the summer. And they got the best out of Romelu Lukaku, whose 17 league goals were more than any Chelsea player this season, and more than twice as many as uh, one Fernando Torres. Rory, would Lukaku have scored as much Had he stayed at Stamford Bridge? And should we be appreciating West Brom a bit more than we have?
3: It's hard with West Brom because they have... Had an awful second half of the season, which I suppose is kind of natural, and you can't really blame them for it. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if they're best of the rest. I think Everton are best of the rest, aren't they? I mean, that's the mid-table um, starts, at, starts at six
2: Everton aren't really part of the rest.
3: No, I mean it's uh, Everton, are a good side, but I would say that the lead there's, there's yeah, a top five, and the, then there's
2: the you look at the league table. Everton are not the rest. There's a big right. gap.
3: Fine, okay. Well done, West Brom. Shame you didn't keep it up a little bit more. Lukaku obviously wouldn't have scored as much at Stamford Bridge as he, because he wouldn't have played as much. Uh, and I would say that it would be very much in his career best interests not to spend next season at Chelsea either. Depends who the manager is at Chelsea. No, but I think
2: If I'm the manager, I'm starting Lukaku every game at Chelsea. The thing is with a player the player like Ringer's Lukaku... Not been appointed yet.
3: Lukaku, what do you think you might mean with the shot? Why not? It's possible. Why not? Why not? We don't, we don't have another hour. I'm um, younger than Mourinho. You are younger and, exactly. more, and more charismatic.
2: Um, well, I you know, uh, might dispute that, but...
3: I would say with a player like Lukaku, same with Andy Carroll, that model of forward, the, the big powerhouse centre forward, needs to play regularly to get into, the, into that rhythm. I don't think Lukaku works well if he's in sort of once every three games. It would be in his best interest to spend another year on loan. Maybe a slightly, high, maybe somewhere like Everton.
0: Why didn't he start every game at West Brom?
3: You'd have to ask Steve Clark. I don't know.
2: I don't know the answer I, to that question. I think that's enough Lukaku for now. I I I remember a big strong powerhouse of a center forward starting all the time under Jose Mourinho and his name was G.D.A. Drogba. Um I don't get stoked. I don't understand the team. I don't understand the way they play. I don't understand this business with a pig's head trashing Michael Owen's car or Kenwin Jones um, deciding that he was going to break all of the windows in Glenn Whelan's car because he blamed him for the pig's head in his locker. And then he goes on Twitter and says, now I accept you didn't do it. Why? Because he told me so. I think it's all a giant – weird world that I don't understand. Alison, you're probably best placed to answer this. Um, is this just boys' pranks getting out of hand? Um, or is some of this kind of the responsibility of the manager maybe?
0: I like Stoke. I like Tony Pulis. I don't think it's very important if there are pranks at a club. I think what the whole incident with the pig's head. pig's head? head I think the whole incident with the pig's head and the windscreen shows more about the fact that Kenwyn Jones's career has sort of gone... Nyeh. And he's a frustrated chap, and maybe Pulis hasn't handled that side of it well enough for him to not publicly display his um how upset he is but i don't I don't think if someone mucks about with a pig's head, it's the end of the world, and they're a badly run club, and Tony Pulis is losing the, his grip at all. I don't think you can infer that. I think Stoke have had a slightly disappointing season, but they're still in the Premier League, and uh it's 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 he's a great manager and it's a great club.
2: Paul Scholes, Jamie Carragher, David Beckham, Michael Owen, Steve Harper, all right into the sunset. Gary Neville preceded them. Rio Ferdinand, John Terry, Frank Lambert, and Ashley Cole are still around, as is Stephen Gerrard. Dicko, I'm sure you have some profound thoughts on the golden generation and this perception that they are big failures. Um,
1: well Individually, they're not. And I've got you know, a lot of fond memories of them um, as, as, as individual players. I, I guess collectively, I'm still stuck in 2006 in a hotel in Baden-Baden um, w- hearing um, all sorts of um, gossip about them, bitching about each other, um, uh, just about the whole dysfunction um, in that last sort of tournament um, with which they're they're associated. And So collectively, uh, i left with a big sort of sent- profound sense of disappointment individually. Um, they've all uh, achieved quite a lot. Um, just, not, you know, in, in, in England, it never happened. And that's um, that's a big, big, complicated story that I'm not going to be able to sum up in 25 seconds.
2: Manchester City lose their last game of the season at home to Norwich, but at least they're closer to appointing a new manager who um, we all understand will be one, Manuel Pellegrini. Uh, Rory, I'm sure you love the guy because he's South American and sophisticated, so I won't ask you about him. But just tell me um, if you were the little birdie perched on his shoulder, uh, what are three things that you would tell him to sort out in double quick time.
3: Uh, the first one would be to I'm going to say heal the rifts in the dressing room but really I mean uh, curtail the arrogance and power of a group of players who have become too, too convinced of their own importance uh, second I would say is get Vincent Company and Yaya Torre performing well again. Maybe get both of them to slim down a little bit. They look too muscular a little bit off the pace and the third is infuse a little bit of a either a little bit of magic or kind of a coherent system to a good squad that doesn't necessarily seem to gel that well together on the pitch. That would be my three things. Uh, and dab one for you. The managerial merry-go-round trademark all newspapers is about to kick off. How are
2: things unfolding which doesn't continue the metaphor? And there you go. I mean, I happy for you to use that wonderful stereotype merry-go-round it's all about cliches isn't it Rory absolutely especially when you're reading a script written by me uh, well uh, Carlo Ancelotti has uh, he's basically told Paris Saint-Germain that he wants to leave uh, there may be some compensation to be paid if he goes he's on the short list for uh, Real Madrid I imagine he will get the job the current Real Madrid manager of course Jose Mourinho he could be on his way to Chelsea for uh, and there will be a lot of compensation to be paid unless they reach some kind of agreement and both give up money which I don't see really happening uh, your mate uh, Rafa Benitez of course who Mourinho would be replacing at Chelsea he's on his way a lot of interest from Napoli um, uh, the current Napoli manager has been there for four years Walter Mazzari he could be going to Roma and he came out and he said hey look uh, four years is a very long time at a football club I don't think any manager should stick around more than four years one day I'll send him uh, Sir Alex Ferguson DVD uh, speaking of Sir Alex Ferguson of course he's gone he'll be replaced by David Moyes unclear who will replace uh, Moise at Everton uh, many people hope it will be Roberto Martinez and uh, uh, I told you about Mazzari before he could be going to Roma or it could be Massimiliano Allegri leaving Milan which would be an idiotic season a reason for, from, it would be idiotic of Milan to let him go at this stage but uh, could be a at Roma after they play the Coppa Italia final against Lazio next week finally Diego Simeone is staying on at Atletico Madrid Some uncertainty uncertainty about Tito Villanova because uh, uh, he, of course, has a cancer treatment and it's unclear um, whether they might get him some help. Luis Enrique has been mentioned. Luis Enrique, of course, has been mentioned for a whole range of jobs, including Paris Saint-Germain. And, of course, that's the other big job. uh, And that's where Mourinho may end up if he doesn't go to Chelsea. But nobody really believes that will happen. Oh, and uh, Pep Guardiola is replacing you, at Bayern Munich. But you knew that. Paris Saint-Germain the list apparently also includes fabio capello yeah fabio capello always putting himself forward when there is money to be had i really don't think capello will be the next psg manager i'd be shocked if that happened Shocked, i tell you that's it for this week, that's it for this year, that's it for this season It's been fun, thanks to my guests Alison Rudd, Matt Dickinson, Rory K. Smith And of course, in past episodes, Stuart Robson Tony Cascarino, Peter Lansley, James Ducker Oliver K. Do I really have to go through all of them? Julian Lawrence, Pedro Pinto, George Culkin uh, Barrett Tony Barrett, Tony Evans uh, Clive Petty Did you mention the Fink? The Fink. Yes, Daniel Finkelstein. Matt Hughes, our Lord and Master. That's it, right? That, that, is, that is every. If we forgot you, it's because we don't appreciate you and we don't find you memorable. Uh, we're all on Twitter, so you can uh, hit us up there and share our thoughts. Rory especially likes to engage in long debates on finer Luis Suarez related points on Twitter. Uh, you can also email us, as so many of you do each week, at gamepodcast at thetimes.co.uk. Uh, Skinner will be checking that mailbox all summer long. You can go to thetimes.co.uk for all your news, your views, your web blogs and analysis uh, you'll also find us on Twitter um, big thank you again to Chris Skinner who puts up with RBS every week and sometimes makes us sound semi-coherent in the finished product big thank you also to Ped Hunter who uh, uh, replaces uh, Skinner when he's busy training for triathlons or other some such Skinner's looking at his watch that can only mean one thing Till next season, bye bye